0: The root problem with conventional currency is all, that, all the trust that, that's required to make it work. The central bank must be trusted not to debase the currency. But the history of fiat currencies is full of breaches of that trust.
1: This week on Monero Talk is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source. And you always control your own keys. Cake Wallet is trusted and verified by the Monero community. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you, and supporting us is easier than ever by typing in Monero Talk, Talk crypto in your Cake Wallet send address field to send us a tip. Do you love coffee and Monero as much as we do? Consider making gratuitous.org your daily cup. Pay with Monero for premium fresh beans, and if you like what you taste, send a digital cash tip directly to the Guatemalan farmers that made it possible. Proceeds help us grow this channel, gratuitous, and Monero. This week on Monero Talk. Douglas Tooman interviews Brian B. Solston, who recently declared his candidacy for U.S. Senate in a tweet where he announced his primary objective for running is to make Bitcoin legal tender. Solston is running as a Democrat in the state of Washington. Doug and Solston discuss why he is so focused on Bitcoin and whether he would advocate on behalf of Monero, too. Monero Talk starts now.
2: All right. Brian, how's it going, man?
0: It's going good, Douglas. Thank you for having having so- me.
2: Of course, of course. Uh, eager, eager to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I came across your tweet, I think it was a day or two ago, where you had announced that you're running for Senate.
0: And yeah, yeah. I, I you know, it's, I'm running on Bitcoin and it, on Bitcoin. it went two, two million impressions on, on Twitter. That's, that's what you call viral. It went viral.
2: I got to say I'm jealous. I got to say I ran, I, I announced, I ran for Congress in 2020. In New York, mm-hmm. um, in the fourth congressional district. And I ran as a pro Monero candidate. So I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that more. But yeah, there wasn't uh, an overwhelming amount of support from the crypto community itself. Obviously, people in Monero, people that, you know, there was support, but there wasn't like this, uh, you know, viral moment. Um, so, kudos to you, man. Uh, yeah. riding that Thank wave you. and uh, I see there's a lot of other people that are, are that are riding that wave. Uh, maybe I was a little a little too much too soon, or you know maybe maybe the Monero angle is a little more niche, and we'll we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, kudos to you, and I love that you just put it out there up front as part of your announcement tweet uh, when you said you were running. I believe you said uh, you want to make Bitcoin legal tender. Oh, yeah. uh, I think you also made a, a reference to the Great Reset, saying Bitcoin is the Great Reset. So, oh, yeah. why, don't we, why don't we start on that? I guess number one, why are you running? Is it is it purely out of the uh, the what you see as the need to 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 support uh, Bitcoin, or are there other reasons? And um, two, what what did you mean by that tweet exactly?
0: Well, um, why I'm running, uh, it, it's really about you know, when you get into Bitcoin, you really start studying it, uh, you realize that what, like, like, if we talk about what Satoshi Nakamoto wrote in 2009, um, it's really about a broken monetary system. And when you see that broken monetary system and seeing how about every 10 years it's, it is becoming more broken almost by an order of magnitude. um Everything else that sits on top of our monetary system, yeah, you see cracks and breaks, but it's all related back to this broken monetary system. So it's clearly become a very big issue in my mind. It's bigger than homelessness. Homelessness is a huge issue, but it dire- it's directly related to our broken monetary system. And so everything else just seems to be going out of focus and Bitcoin is becoming more in focus for me it's 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 becoming an increasingly interesting topic i i really enjoy hanging out with other bitcoiners and and doing a deep dive of stuff because it's uh it's so interrelated with so many topics now
2: so were there were there other reasons as well why you're running or you're really focused on on the bitcoin let's let's you know let's focus on that and there's so much other other good that's gonna go along with it is that kind of your uh,
0: yeah, it's really. I I, I I really started off as a single issue voter. I wrote my senator. I wrote the House of Representatives. She was, you know, Susan Susan Susan, Susan Delbaney, very responsive. Um, took number of actions. Helped out. Um, my my senator, however, just went right over her head. In no response. You know, will you sign up for my newsletter? I offered my time to help with her staff. You know, no response. Um, this is an important topic. And if politicians are, you know, I, I think it's a generation issue, Issue. It, 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 a lot of boomers just are not interested in monetary policy. They're not interested in Bitcoin. You know, they're, they're benefiting from this money printing, but you know, their, their homes are going up. Stocks are going up nominally, not in real numbers, but in, nominally they're going up. So, Hey, they're, they're doing good. And the millennials, they're, they're part of a rigged system. They're, they're in trouble. So I think the millennials are very responsive to my tweets, and and uh, they understand what the Great Reset is all about. Uh, the the millennials cannot pay a debt of thirty trillion dollars, which, by the way, is compounding now. And you know, like Jeff Booth says, are you a Jeff Booth fan? I'm a big Jeff Booth fan. Uh, the guy who wrote uh, the the Price of Tomorrow.
2: No, I don't really follow him much.
0: Yeah, he, he I, I really synced up with, with his book. And uh, one thing that he likes to talk about is if you fold a paper over in half and you fold it again um, and you do that um, 50 times, the question is, how high will that, that stack of papers be after you fold it over? You can only fold it seven times, but theoretically speaking, if you could fold it 50 times, how high will it be? And nobody gets this right because they don't understand the power of the exponent, the power of compounding. And it goes from here to the sun. That's how tall the stack of papers becomes. So we're in a situation where our debt is compounding now. And it has been, but it's compounding at an accelerated rate. We're $30 trillion in debt. Can the millennials pay that off? You know, the millennials, um, did they really sign up to pay for all these boomer entitlements too? And so, yeah, Bitcoin, is it the great reset? Because... If it's a choice, if it's an exit, it is a great, it is the Great Reset. And one of the big things that's pressing right now is sovereign debt or uh, sovereign um, default. Uh, It's, um, you look at Russia, you look at the situation over there. I I wouldn't be surprised if they default within 60 days. It's possible. Maybe it'll take six months. Regardless, there's a lot of people that have exposure to, to Russia right now. Turkey has a lot of exposure. A lot of uh, European banks have a lot of exposure. So these Western banks that you, you know have already, the world has a huge amount of debt right now. Uh, we're stretched very thin. Commodity prices are going up. Margins are falling. Um, people are not making money. And so there's 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 really unprecedented uh, there's there's really unprecedented pressure on these Western countries and the sovereign debt that they have built up, you know, thanks to, let's call it Keynesian economics, a lot of stimulus. Ever since we went off the gold standard in 1971, it's been building for the past 50 years now. And uh, and so if, if, if sovereign debt, if there's a default in Russia, it's gonna impact other banks that have exposure. And you could see a cascading impact. You could see a, a Eurasian contagion happen. And if that happens, um, you know, who who needs to uh, pay the price for that, right? If the bonds, you know, we have $400 trillion worth of bonds out there roughly. uh, And if they start to sink, you know, the survivors are going to go to the the next boat. You know, think of 400 Titanic ships slowly sinking at different rates and the survivors going to the next boat and the next boat. And then, you know, if that cascades, where are they going to go? Mm -hmm. And I think I think uh, the assets aren't going to disappear or or you're not going to be creating more assets. It's just it's just bookkeeping. It's just the ledger system. Right. That's what we're really talking about. And so where do the assets flow? And um, and I I think I think uh, if you look at what's the hardest asset, most most secure asset out there right now, look, Bitcoin doesn't leak. It has infinite cargo capacity. And so I I believe that uh, the it's its day has come. Let let me, let me pull up what I think is really central here of what really drives me. Um, I'm going to pull up, now this is on, I, I wrote 22 use cases uh, when I was down in El Salvador. I was hanging out down there for like five weeks uh, just before it went legal tender, just, you know, hanging out with Bitcoiners and orange billing people and, you know, buying my, my first coffee with Lightning Network, you know, it was just, it was just fun. Well, down there, this this guy from the Federal Reserve, President Neil Neshkari, says that uh, uh, I've not seen any use case other than funding illicit activities like drugs and prostitution. And he was talking about crypto, Bitcoin. I was pretty annoyed by that, so I went ahead and just wrote 22 use cases. And there's more than that, of course. But sure. the very first one where it really all started you know, when we could when when Satoshi figured out how to do the double spend or how to fix the double spend problem, how to do it transaction without an intermediary that was the big breakthrough but uh but his his uh posts on february 11th of 2009 satoshi Nakamoto wrote the root the root problem with conventional currency is all that all the trust that that's required to make it work the central bank must be trusted not to debase the currency but the history of fiat currencies is full of breaches of that trust. Now, if I, ha, have you ever been to this website called WTF happened in 1971.com?
2: No, but I can imagine uh, what it's about. Let,
0: <laughs> let me share, let me share, come share on. it with you. I didn't come into Bitcoin because of, I was a gold bud. I wasn't, I was into it because I was, I'm a private privacy advocate. I, I like encryption. I, I want that to, to spread. When did, you, right? when did you get into
2: Bitcoin, by the way?
0: Well, I, really? I, I'm a latecomer. I got into it in 2017,
3: mm-hmm.
0: so but but I had a few touch points before that, and it wasn't until like 2017 that it all came together, and uh and I you know I went all in after that. But 2000s before that, uh, I was just into encryption. But, if, but again, let me get back to uh, WTF happened in 1971.com. Mm-hmm. They just have pictures, and one of the best pictures is they show. Um, productivity, it just keeps on increasing, increasing, but 1971 happens and it's increasing, um, or wages are increasing with productivity. Yeah. And then all of a sudden 1971 happens and you can just see the, the, uh, wages flatten out real wages, not nominal wages, real wages, you know? And so yeah, productivity keeps on going up. So where is that productivity going? And, uh, with the magic money printer at the fed. Really what's happening is that that productivity is being centralized. The financial class is getting it. And our fan stolen. Stolen. It's being, you know, it's being stolen. It's being stolen. Absolutely. And you know, the financial class is expanding and the middle class and the you know the poor, they're being eviscerated. It's a it's a rigged system now, and it's getting worse. It's not sustainable.
3: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I got to go back to. I want to go back to the great reset aspect for for one moment, just so I have uh, further clarification there. Because I mean, there's a lot of. Uh, I never heard of Bitcoin kind of being called a great reset, and there's obviously a lot of kind of negative connotations, like with the bit great reset being something that's you know oh, yeah. driven by the World Economic Forum. Uh, you mind ex- explaining a little bit more there? Kind of what, what's your take on that, and and what. You know. Yeah,
0: I mean nobody has a monopoly on phraseology. Nobody does. And mm-hmm. uh and you have to understand the phrase in its context to say this is what it is. Right. And in the Bitcoin context, uh clearly Bitcoiners understand the Great Reset entirely different than most people. Mm-hmm. Uh the the Great Reset is is really um it's if you look at history of fiat currencies, you know, they they, they, they have a for over 400 years, they have a history of kind of disappearing and then a new, you know, war will be fought and a new reserve will be established and that will last for maybe a hundred years. And then something else falls, falls, falls apart and a, a new nation state will take over. Like for example, in the Weimar Republic, um, before world war two, uh, there is reparations being paid to France and Germany. And, uh, Excuse me, France and England and, and perhaps other uh, nations. Um, and, and so uh, the, the Weimar Republic in Germany kept printing and printing. And next thing you know, you had wheelbarrows being brought in to buy one loaf of bread. I and mean, we've all heard those stories, right? Mm-hmm. So, so their, their, their fiat currency collapsed and, uh, and Hitler came to power and then big war War, war broke out I mean people were in a desperate situation because the currency collapsed, but it really really started with with money printing um and and so uh, you see this and over and over it keeps happening uh, we have a s- sovereign default you know and uh and is it going to happen again? Well, we've been in a really good situation for decades now, but we're running uh a lot of risk and and you see signposts all over the place and there's a lot of precedent i mean there's there's already defaults happening we've seen it in zimbabwe we've seen it in venezuela venezuela we've seen it in lebanon if you look at these 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 cds's or credit default swaps which indicate risk turkey's in in bad shape right now um, they, they aren't even listing russia you know because it's so bad with with these uh credit default swaps.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: so
0: so and another problem is these banks are interrelated they have exposure to each other so one goes down they start to take down each other and that's where you get the contagion
3: Mm -hmm.
2: you know the the reason i'm pushing on the on the great reset comment because there's there's also the kind of this idea that um you know do do we have to potentially be concerned about bitcoin itself um you know leading us to this more dystopian uh outcome as opposed to the you know the utopian one that we're that we're hoping for in that you know the world will be opting into a completely transparent ledger uh you yourself said you're you're a privacy advocate so all all the all the potential you know negative things that can go along with the fact that now you have this this database that's tracking uh Everyone's financial movements and forever saving it in a database that can never be deleted. So there, there is kind of that 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 meme and that that thought that's thrown around with you. Oh, well, you know, maybe maybe Bitcoin is actually the thing that will, you know, lead us closer towards the the feared dystopia as opposed to further away. So just curious what your what your take is on that. And I'm sure we'll touch on it in a couple of different ways as we go as along.
0: Well, you know, Bitcoin really is layered money. You know, you got the the primary network and then you got secondary layers, um, which would include not lightning network, lightning, lightning network and uh, liquid network. And I'd I'd even consider Monero to be uh, also perhaps a second layer in in some respects. There's some tethering going.
2: Definitely, definitely some tethering.
0: Yeah, there's some tethering going on there. So, um so we have some layered money that's emerging and bitcoin if if you want if you want to follow satoshi's you know what is it uh history history the history of fiat currencies is full of breaches of that trust in other words printing more money than they should you know stealing counterfeiting more or less uh then you have to have a traceable ledger and that's, that's what Bitcoin is. But when you get into these second layers like Monero or Lightning Network, you, you, you have to have that uh, privacy uh, or people want that privacy.
2: Oh, so you think fundamentally the base layer needs to be completely transparent?
0: I think every, every transaction needs to be either traceable back to the Genesis block or to the Coinbase issuance of the coin. It needs to be traceable for right. there to be only twenty one million coins
2: okay, well, I mean, like Monero has that right It's just not yes, in it a, does as in an obvious way in terms of where you could literally view it and and take out your t i eighty two and and add up you know uh all the transactions, but there's there's commands that you know in the software where it you know can basically audit and show you that all all the coins that are supposed to exist exist and no more.
0: And, and, and let, let me interject here. Um, agreed. You know, if we look at our, our current system, we'll have, we, we, the US dollar used to be, uh, let's say pegged to the, the gold standard. That went away in 1971. And, uh, and now it really, you know, let's, let's call it a petrodollar. I won't get into that, but, but we're losing that, that commodity as far as the, the, the peg is concerned. Um, but since you cannot debase Monero, it can have a peg to Bitcoin, right? You can have there's a relationship in turn, and, and and you 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 don't have to uh, be concerned that the, an, an intermediary is going to come in there and start printing more. But what I want to what I what I wanted to interject was um, really like Senator Warren is really into this KYC stuff, this know your customer. And as a privacy advocate, uh, I'm not so concerned about it. In fact, I think KYC creates huge amounts of friction. It's very detrimental to our economy. And it's not catch, it's not really getting rid of laundering anyways. I mean, some of the most, some of the most of the laundering, um, a lot of it is done through real estate. And they're very KYC compliant. In fact, they love KYC. Look, I'm, I'm compliant. But now I don't know if this is true or not, but I, I was reading an article how Trump had bought a property um and then about a year or two later it was this huge mansion, doubled the price and sold it. And he originally bought it I don't know who from, I you know, perhaps the Russians, I don't know. But but uh, the point is is that laundering money through real estate is very difficult to to uh to follow the money, so to speak. it's very difficult to prove that laundering took place, even though people are writing about it, you know, journalists understand it. Well, how do you prove that? So even if you enforce all this KYC stuff, even down to the $600 per person or per transaction, it's still very difficult. So it's a waste of time. If, if we, when I was in El Salvador, you know, I, I had the strike wallet and it's KYC compliant and, um, and i was talking to you know i wanted to to install bitcoin beach Bit, uh beach oh, excuse me bitcoin beach wallet and uh, i was told that i i wasn't supposed to because i'm an american and it's not kyc compliant mm-hmm. and this is what they're using down in el Zante. Right. and everyone loves it and it's like wait a minute i can't use this wallet that, that's you know because it's it doesn't it's not kyc compliant and uh, so it creates all kinds of overhead. Now, if if uh, some of these people down there, seventy percent of them were, were unbanked. Like I, I bought a, a dollar uh, water for a dollar using Strike, and uh, I, I I went from Strike to Bitcoin Beach Wallet, and it was no problem. But why do we try to have all this overhead to protect who? The person who's unbanked down in El Zante? You know, make it Mm -hmm. make things more difficult for them. No, it doesn't make sense. Um, If we'd stop trying to protect everyone, maybe 70 percent of the people in El Zante would be banked. Oh, by the way, 70 percent of them now have have uh, lightning network wallets and and they are getting banked without the help of the United States and their their intent to protect Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. just just by keeping the KYC away from this. Or away from from the Bitcoin Beach wallet, you know, it's a simpler wallet, and they're using it. They're happy. Um, it's KYC. I'm not. A, I'm not a big advocate of of K- KYC. No, you're. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, either either am I. I think governments are just using it for the purposes of gaining data of, of over people and using it to essentially uh, control them, right, and, and benefit from that. Uh, obviously, it's it's sold as a, as a way of Protecting the people through preventing things like funding terrorism and, you know, uh, money laundering. Um, but I, I don't really believe that that's ultimately, uh, you know, uh, what what comes of it. I think there's a, a lot of negative that comes with it, which is basically invading people's privacy. Right. So, uh, yeah. You know, what, what happened to, you know, the kind of the Fourth Amendment here, right? Why, why all of a sudden with, with this, are we okay with uh, knowing everything about everybody without getting permission first from the government? You know, why are we throwing warrants out the window when it comes to essentially uh, tracking and tracing people's transactions? You know, there's that, I think it's called the third party doctrine, right? So this idea that when you use a banking system, you're you're essentially... Uh, throwing away your 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 rights to to privacy because there is no expectation of it because you're using the banking system so your expectation of privacy goes away so you should be okay with the fact that uh, the bank the banking system knows all your transactions which I think is complete hogwash and especially if we're now creating a system where that's no longer the case right so there is there is no banking system needed for this purpose. So why why do we still, uh, you know, uh, kind of abide by that, that old doctrine where we're saying there's no expectation of privacy? Yeah,
0: and, and I'm a little bit even more cynical than that. And, and mm-hmm. Really? Take, more than
2: that, I'm pretty cynical. I, I,
0: I, I'm <laughs> even more cynical than that. I mean, the, the, the Fed, like Janet Yellen, when she was chair of the Fed, she was asked in Congress, should we audit the Fed? And her answer was no, no. And that gives them asymmetric information but she wants to base she wants audits on every US citizen even down to $600 per transaction. Right. And because she, they can use that knowledge, I mean, let's face it, the Fed is a bank or at least it is representative of, of a bunch of large banks, you know, that have they're they they're very much uh they work together, you know. US Treasury uh sends out a treasury um these these like jp morgan goldman sachs they buy these 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 u.s treasuries then the fed you know want to wants it to appear like it's free market that we, this quantitative easing is is not really a a centralized economy we have to make sure that it appears to be free market so they'll buy those those same u.s treasuries back you know and they, and they still get to keep their spreads they're making profits so so yeah these people are making a lot of money uh, they are they want asymmetric information so they they know how to make investments and make more money and so this is this is gathering intelligence on u s citizens for their investments mm-hmm. and they don't want to be audited you know that's like wait a minute how does this work? I mean, are we a bunch of cattle being milked yeah. by these banksters uh, this yeah. isn't right I mean. See
2: the thing that I ultimately, uh, you know, you know, uh, arrive at is we. It's it's not about relying on governments or hoping that they do one thing or the other. Or you know, I think it's great that you're running for 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 Senate, and you know, I myself ran for Congress. So I obviously believe there's, you know. It, uh you know there there's progress that can come from that but i feel yeah. like the the real the real way to win here is to build technology that's essentially uh resilient and immune to what the government may want to do um and that's where i then take issue with something like bitcoin because i just think it has a large attack surface that allows governments to essentially do things that will you know allow them to gain advantages over people by being able to retrieve data about them, uh, and then to hope that they don't do that or to try to pass legislation, even say like getting rid of KYC AML or reducing those things. Rather than fighting to do that, we build a technology or we all start using a technology where uh, it's it's immune to what the government may try to do or regulate, and we just go ahead and, and start using it.
0: Douglas, I I agree with you. I believe Monero and and Bitcoin have a has a very strong symbiotic relationship. They they help each other in in what what consumers want. It's it's symbiotic.
2: Yeah, yeah. So um, what what do you you know? One of the things I'd always say is when you know when I'm when I was running for Congress to reason, and this is to the crypto people, not the the general public, because most of the general public, especially you know, even though it was only two years ago, had less of an understanding of a crypto, uh, was that I wanted to see somebody on the floor of Congress or, you know, uh, or, it, it, or a senator to, to make the argument when it was brought up, because it gets brought up time and time again, and we'll continue to see it more, uh, that crypto is used for these nefarious things, that Bitcoin is used for these things, is to not so much deny it and say, oh, well, that's just a mere fraction even though it is, and it'll become a smaller fraction as it gets adopted, larger in a, in a larger way. But to kind of make the the free speech arguments as to why, sure, uh, sure, it's used for these things. But the the more important thing is to realize this is just a tool, like the internet itself. And we want to live in a society where people can transact without censorship and without surveillance. And you have to essentially take the bad, and the good. And you don't really hear any representatives make that argument. Rather, they they just default back and fall back on, oh, well, actually, uh, you know, with Bitcoin, we're we're catching, you know, criminals in ways we've never been able to catch them before. Um, actually, because it's a transparent ledger, you know, this guy would have gotten away with this if it wasn't transparent. So in fact, uh it's it's a better tool for fighting crime as opposed to making the argument, which then aligns with something like Monero, like. No. Uh you know what? You are right. Uh there it is going to be used for nefarious purposes. Ultimately, you know, ransomware probably wouldn't, would not be as easy or as profitable but for cryptocurrency. Like let's let's be honest. Uh but uh you know the the good far outweighs the bad and there there's ideals that this country was built upon that that align with what these systems ultimately are are, are going to achieve. So well one. Would you be well, making
0: those arguments? Well, let's let's just say uh, surveillance and fiat, uh, weaponized fiat or fiat that is controlled by the politically powerful. Um, they they say, hey, I'm not. We're, we're not going to do it. We're not going to abuse our authority, right? We're not going to take advantage of that. But uh, but eventually they do. It's just too tempting and when they do it then then um yeah they'll they'll catch somebody who's bad or or uh or putin will lose power i mean keep in mind something like that just happened which i think is probably the biggest milestone in terms in, in terms of crypto and and bitcoin news of 2 of 2022 and that is the g7 froze uh a bunch of us treasuries russian us treasuries they violated that trust. It's not money. It's it's a weapon now. The fiat currency is now a weapon. And it, it's not money that, that uh that you can put into your into your res- foreign foreign reserve and foreign currency and, and and treat it as a global reserve because it can be taken snatched away from you at any moment. And uh, you know, the US has been doing that in in the past with Iran, but now we're talking about a G twenty country now. We're talking about Russia. And uh and so this is going to cause, let's say, the the so-called um or I don't I don't want to just let's call them the bad guys. Okay. We're we're trying to catch bad guys. So we need surveillance and, and we need we need control. Um you know you can do that once and then the the so called bad guys they're going to wise up and they're going to they're going to do other things. There's there's other ways they can launder the money, and uh, and so I I I'm a big advocate of having let's say separation of state and money uh, because there's just so much history of the, of the abuses of, of fiat currencies in the past. It serves dictatorships more than it serves criminals, and I think the problem with dictatorships is far worse than the the criminals and their activities associated with laundry and that's that's what i'm more concerned about no that's, so that's,
2: we, that's great so is that that's that essentially the argument you would make if they said you know senator solston uh are, are are you concerned that that bitcoin is being used by by russian oligarchs to avoid sanctions
0: uh if it was fiat currency, the fact that they weaponized it, uh, that's okay with me. And, and I'll tell you why: is because I, I believe uh, Bitcoin is going to fix that, regardless. It's it's going to happen. So whether they they use that, let's say one time weapon, because they aren't going to be able to use it in the future. Because I can promise you, the Chinese are watching this. The the Beijing CCP, Communist Chinese Party, they're watching this. And they have, I don't know, roughly, what is it, one trillion U.S. treasuries in reserve in China. Well, I, I'm sure that over the probably in the next 18 months, they'll probably reduce, they'll reduce that significantly if, if they want to invade Taiwan.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, they, they saw there was a mistake. Uh, it, it surprised me the G7 was able to freeze that or the, the fact that they would do that and uh, more or less say that okay this u.s dollar really isn't a global reserve anymore it's not it's not a uh what do they call it the u.s treasury uh, uh, a risk-free asset it's no longer a risk-free asset as of this past two weeks there's a, there's a definite risk the g7 just can decide to take it away from you they can freeze it on, on a whim so uh, it's it's not really money anymore. It's uh, it's something else. It's it's a surveillance coin. It's, it's not a surveillance coin. It's a I, I don't know what to call it, but it's it's not an it's not a risk free asset anymore. Uh, it, it's it's how long can it remain as a global reserve? Uh, not very long. And if you look at histories of fiat, they they what, typically last around about a hundred years, and we're we're getting close to that. Um, You know, it's been a global reserve for more than 70 years now. Um, So, yeah, we're getting at the end of a very large debt cycle. And uh, the Great Reset is going to happen whether we like it or not. The question is, are we going to go in for a hard landing or are we going to have a, let's call it a hydraulic effect where we have an easy transition? Not an easy transition, but a transition into something that actually is. Evolutionary in terms of our monetary system
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How
2: about in the scenario where you know government essentially embraces Bitcoin but does try to ban something like Monero, which I see as you know uh, more more disruptive because of the the inability to to track and trace it?
0: I, I don't think they can because it's distributed. You know, they they can ban it for their citizens in their country, but Monero and Bitcoin will survive in other countries.
2: No, so of course. Global. But I'm saying, you, you know, you're you're running for U.S. Senate, so like, you know, what would be your you know kind of reaction to that if uh, tomorrow Warren was like, you know, what Bitcoin's? Yeah, I changed my mind. Bitcoin thing is fine, but let's ban let's ban Monero at least. Can we all agree on that? What what would be your your reaction to that?
0: I would not support a ban on Monero. I, I, I'm like I said, it's on my platform. I'm a privacy advocate. So yeah, I would not. In fact, any, anytime, anytime Senator Warren talks about Bitcoin in a letter, I I will respond to that in a letter and, and provide technical accuracy um, every time she does that because she provides so much fear, uncertainty, and doubt regarding Bitcoin because the, the technology just goes right over her head, right. and then secondly, she—it's very convenient for her to to not understand it because she's mm-hmm. part of the boomers that you know houses go up, stock market always goes up. Sure. We socialize the bankruptcies, and, and this is a benefit to the boomers. But the millennials—they're in the rig system and they got to pay the taxes that paid off, pay off the debt, and pay the boomer entitlements. Yeah, she's well, she's
2: on the losing side of you know Sure, yeah. of course. And whether she even realizes it or not, the people that fund her campaign let her know that, right? So they're like, you know, you gotta stop, stop this. Sol- we we want to continue to print money. Is essentially what it comes down to.
3: So that's right. She, she's,
0: her- she's into this MMT, this modern monetary theory, which is uh, the 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 central bank can print as much money as they want, and and the truth is they can. The, the MMT works, but what you have. Is a centralized economy at that point, and free market disappears, and you know it works for a while and and it can get to you through rust spots and it's really good during wartime
3: mm-hmm.
0: but the problem with with a centralized economy is how do you price things you know I mean do you have thirteen men in a room deciding what the price is for millions of of different products out there It's right. impossible right. you see. know and and that's that's the beautiful thing about the free market system is it, it, you're constantly optimizing or you're 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 creating new you're finding new efficiencies across millions of products every day and and uh you know it's our our economy is really free market is truly emergent it's 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 really beautiful i mean if you look at ants for example they have a few rules and, you know, like they follow this chemical sn- smell for a trail to food. They, they follow that chemical trail for a, for. this is where they take their dead ants and, and their waste. And they have some other chemical trails. You know, they don't really have that many rules. And ants are, they're not very smart by themselves. But as, as a colony, a, a sophisticated colony emerges from all these individual ants, just from a few rules. And, and Bitcoin is like that. And, and Monero is like that in that you know the the consensual rules in bitcoin there's um i don't know how many there are but 33 and those are enforced in, in in every block and and if you know somebody um, find, identifies they, they look at those blocks and they make sure that all those consensual rules are being enforced on the transactions if they're not they're going to they're going to go to a previous block and uh you know jettison that block that's how it's enforced
3: mm-hmm.
0: we're we're enforcing rules without rulers and um and these emergent systems you know it's truly a a macro consensus machine on i i think it's the you know you can build consensus with a group and it, it's slower it takes time you have to go through education cycles with individuals but it's really enjoyable if, if you are like an engineer when when I was working in aerospace, it's worth the time and you learn a lot. Or you have to teach; it, it's actually fun and uh, in, in in the proper work environment. And Bitcoin does something better than that. It, it, it's it's not one group; it's all kinds of groups out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And money is is really building a macro consensus across all of these different products. And that's the thing about a central centralized economy it could never do that Mm -hmm. and so so bitcoin really is is enabling a free market system and even though some of these economies that keep printing money and they have to keep printing more money just to survive and they become centralized economies just by allowing bitcoin to be uh not necessarily legal tender just say it's tax-free allow it to keep and do a slow transition that will re-enable and, and allow a uh, free market system to grow and flourish mm-hmm. and bring these efficiencies back to uh, the, the public, which we, you know, we've lost over the past decades because of, you know, in many ways, the United States is a centralized economy now, thanks to qu- quantitative, quantitative easing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah! You, so many neurons triggering as you talk. So many things I want to I want to talk to you about. You're you're getting a lot of thoughts going on in my head. So, uh, you know, to push back a little bit, or maybe to to catch you in in a, a catch twenty two here. So, obviously, big free market guy. Um, you know, let let the, let the market decide. So. Would you want? Would you want it to be that that Bitcoin is legal tender essentially by mandate, or would you want it to just be? Uh, let's let's create a, a scenario where anybody can use anything they want for the purposes of money, and it's
0: legal tender. Well, the, my number one primary objective as as a senator on the floor will be to make Bitcoin legal tender, but we have to do baby steps to get there. But I'm Uh, saying, would it it
2: be that all crypto then is legal? Like, let's say somebody shows up and wants to, you know, make a Monero transaction. Am I getting capital gains tax? And it's just, it's just Bitcoin that has the loophole, or you know, are are they equally considered legal tender? And then may the may the best money win, or maybe multiple ones are are used for different use cases.
0: Um, I'm 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 a Bitcoin guy all the way. Uh, As far as having You know, having tax-free Bitcoin—that's that's that's what's on my platform. That's what I wrote. Uh, Am I willing to do that for all crypto? Crypto is a big umbrella. Okay, I I I look at crypto as being there's thousands of coins out there. In fact, is CBDCs? Would you consider that to be crypto? You know, the the central bank digital coins.
2: Sure. I mean, we haven't seen what they are yet, but uh, there's some perverted form of it that I personally am not going to be using.
0: Well I, I can assure you I'm very strongly against CBDCs because they are surveillance coins. Right. You know, I I am I'm, I'm opposed to CBDCs. Cs. Why, why not
2: so, have where it's just so I, free market money and you know let let them let the technologies compete. Uh so you know I could I could spend my bitcoin or I could spend my monero uh you know and if somebody's willing to accept it sure. But there's no I'm
0: agree-
3: Yeah. I'm agree
0: I'm agreeable with that. But if if it's a CBDC, uh, I'm gonna oppose that. If it's a surveillance coin, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna oppose this right. Well,
2: that coin. that would probably become the way of it would be implemented by obviously by the government and it would essentially be mandated. That that's the scary part with that, right? It may be yeah. that you essentially have to use the CBDC, right? It's like, oh, you want to pay your taxes? You have to use, uh, you know, the CBDC US coin, right? Uh, it's the only way we'll accept payment in taxes. Who knows what they're gonna do?
0: Yeah, yeah, I would be strongly opposed to a CBDC.
2: Hmm. Um, okay, well, I, I I like this direction you're moving in. You know, I I, I would certainly be happy if I could go uh, spend my Monero, and it's it's just like spending my my cash, right? It's not a taxable event.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: you think we get there? You think we get there? I I think we eventually get there, you know. But do you think we get there soon?
0: Yeah, I do. I do. Um, yeah, there's two topics I can bring up on that to support that. One is I was in El Salvador where they aggressively said make it legal tender, and that put a lot of responsibility on the merchants to to come up to speed on being able to receive that. A baby step would be hey, let's just not tax it, and that way, if a bar or a cafe wants to accept Bitcoin, it's not a taxable event. Yeah, that definitely. would have been that. That would have been a baby step, mm-hmm. and that, that's since the U.S. is a bigger country, we need we need to do that. I believe El Salvador is going to benefit. Anyone who adopts Bitcoin earlier is going to benefit in the long run. I believe that. Um, it's, but, but the US is already going in the direction of, of, uh, having transaction free crypto transactions, um, up to $200 in the house, up to $600 in the Senate. Uh, S-S-Suzan, Suzanne Delbeni, she's, she's in my district, 44 district here in the state of Washington in the U S Senate, or excuse me, in the U S house in, in Washington, DC. Um, she's part of a 200 Dollar limit on you know non-taxable event. uh, Senator Loomis, she's got a bill up to six hundred dollars, so we're already heading in that direction. Mm -hmm. But I want to keep it going because because of it's really about the great great uh, the great reset for me. Um, I believe that a lot of these sovereign bonds are going to start to default like popcorn popping. Um, this next ten years is not going to be nice to, to the fiat. Commodities—they're going up in price right now. Inflation is going up. It's a direct result of all this money printing, and the money printing has to keep accelerating just to keep the economy going. But as they do with that, the boat keeps on getting heavier. It's like they're putting in bigger engines to to push the boat forward, but the boat is sinking. You know, with these these bigger and bigger engines, so to speak or metaphorically speaking uh i if we don't have bitcoin if we don't have something to do the great reset to transition to uh where do we go i mean if we look at history it's, it's some kind of violent war you know i don't want to go there mm
3: mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, another thing that pops into my head as you're talking, you know, you're talking about Bitcoin essentially as being a consensus mechanism, maybe one of, one of the the greatest ones we, we've ever had to date, um, and I agree with you there. But once again, that's what led me to Monero because I th- I think you know as as part of having an efficient consensus mechanism, you're going to want the units of uh, because we're talking about in terms of money right and that's really what bitcoin is is being used for everybody agreeing on all right we're sending this amount to this person or to this address uh the fact that bitcoin essentially is is not fungible so it's it's a less efficient mechanism for purposes of of transacting and keeping track of who owns what and what's going to who because the the units themselves can be can be marked they can be blacklisted. We we're we're seeing that happen in real time now. Um, well,
0: Doug, what, Douglas, let me let me slow that down with you because I, I sure. let's unpack that. I, I don't know when you said Bitcoin is not fungible, let, let's let's slow that down and sure. talk about that. What what do you mean by that?
2: Oh uh, well the the fact that um you know it's it's a transparent ledger, right? And every transaction comes with a history. So the Bitcoin that you have looks different than the Bitcoin I have because they have two different histories, right? Uh, whereas something like Monero, there, there just is no history. There's no history you could even see. And so the fact that this history exists, you could essentially um, mark different coins and give them different value based on what their history is. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, a coin that was re- you know given to me by... Uh, you know a, a terrorist may not uh, have the the same value or ability to be transacted as as a clean coin that came from a KYC AML exchange um, so this idea that one bitcoin doesn't equal one bitcoin because of their transaction histories and the ability and because of that the ability of governments to essentially blacklist uh coins or outputs okay i
0: i i see i, I see where you're coming from
2: Yeah, we're seeing it in real time. You know, where these these are, this used to be hypotheticals that we'd make on this show, but now we we're we're seeing it. Right, we we we've seen actual coins be blacklisted. You know, where we're imagining that you know perhaps uh, miners may have to become compliant to exist let's say even in the united states right they may have to follow certain regulations and have to become compliant miners and they'll only be able to process certain transactions you know uh, they wouldn't be allowed to process the transaction if it's you know being sent to a certain wallet uh so just how how does that tie into your uh you know view of of, of bitcoin as this kind of uh ideal consensus mechanism and is it, is it ideal enough or does this well, fungibility flaw hurt it in the long term?
0: Uh, I, I, I believe Bitcoin is fungible. That's, that's just, that's my perspective. The, the, the mining situation with, with uh, in the United States, sure. It's becoming a little more centralized with all the mining that's occurring in the United States. But uh, I, I'm, very confident that uh, we're going to have mining become more distributed, uh, going more to the South America and other places in Africa. Um, be, so, so as far as having, but uh, when cent- you
2: say, when you say you believe, it's like we saw, like in in Canada with the with the trucker situation and people were donating. They literally listed wallets that were that were blacklisted the the Canadian yeah. government. Yeah. That's uh, right, and. Bitcoin allows them to do it because it has this essentially this attack surface. So
0: it, how, it does. It, but how keep it, in mind that it, that attack surface is, is, is on the exchanges. Okay. So how they're doing it is that they're controlling Bitcoin through, you, you know, for example, Coinbase uh, blocked a bunch of Russian wallets and, you know, there's some oligarch that has, I don't know how much money has no access to that money. Thanks to Coinbase. So yeah, you're right. It, it, it they can, um, they can block it. But if you keep it off the exchange and uh, you're controlling your own keys, it is your money at that point. Yeah, but you're always
3: going to be
2: interacting with the real world, right? There's always going to be, you know, the you're going to have to spend it, right? So let's say exchanges go away. Uh, but now now you're spending your Bitcoin. You're going to buy your Ferrari or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. now they're connecting your identity with your Bitcoin. Um, you know, maybe it's just corporations at that point. And then the corporations are, are being, you know, there's chain analytics companies that are existing, they're funded by governments, which then collect the data from corporate, you know, like the, there's always going to be whether even if even if exchanges go away, and everybody just uses Bitcoin off, off the grid, so to speak, they're going to have to interact with the grid to spend it. And then that's where you're going to have these connections between identity and, and people's coins.
0: Well I, I wouldn't say that the the Bitcoin network is is 100% transparent. There are ways to maintain privacy even even on on Bitcoin. If you get to the second layer, uh and I agree with you that you can do chain analysis and you can make uh let's say relationships with those transactions. If you know the identity of of the other party, um and you do that multiple times, you can identify um the one person that has all these different relationships. So yeah, that's that's what chain analysis do does. And uh, that's why we have this, let's call it intelligence. And so that's the point, is we do not need KYC. We don't need to know your customer because the government has the ability and chain analysis has that ability to 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 do to do that. Um, and they can track down some of these these bad actors. But let's not pretend that It's 100% transparent. It is not. Uh, There are ways to maintain some some privacy with Bitcoin. Now, on the second layer, uh, there there are ways to really enhance your privacy with Lightning Network and Liquid Network. And there's going to be other competitors that come into that space. So when you talk about light, like like I said, uh the Lightning Network uh wallet that was being used down in El Zante, San Salvador, you know, Bitcoin Beach wallet, no KYC. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and so and, and of course there's other wallets out there, Wasabi, that, that it's very focused on on privacy. So there's gonna be competition on the second layer to have uh private transactions. Let's not call them Bitcoin. Let's call them Sats, right? Because they're going to be small denominations. You aren't going to be moving a billion dollars around, but you're going to be, you know, spending five dollars here, ten dollars there. And uh, there's ways to, ways to maintain privacy not only on the non-custodial uh, Lightning Network wallets, but on the custodial. There will be ways to maintain privacy. Of course, an intermediary is in in involved with the custodial. And they may be able to give your information up to a government mm-hmm. but uh but with global competition uh there's there's real promise for cash like privacy for differing cryptocurrencies.
2: Yeah, I mean the the global competition thing, I don't buy into to so much because you just see that there's like one or two associations that basically control the entire world when it comes to creating these banking regulations. Um, you know, the uh what what's uh, I'm I'm losing uh the name of one in in my mind right now. Uh but basically, you know, these these global uh associations I guess the Financial Action Task Force is, is one of thing Um that you know, that you know, they're they're not really a government entity, but uh governments listen to everything they they say, right? So they say, oh, uh these should be the new regulations that we, we all use. And next thing you know, the United States adopts it, the European Union adopts it, and next thing you know, the whole world is now uh, you know, doing KYC AML by mandate for all crypto. Uh so it's like yes there's competition between governments but it's also things are, are are pretty global and and centralized in in many ways so i, I don't know i don't know if that's if that part is going to work out for us you know what i'm saying
0: well i i'm not a kyc ala a, mm-hmm. alc expert i am not um i i do believe that when it comes to these these fiat currencies uh we're gonna be Moving towards, you know, as 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 the U.S. dollar is losing its its global uh, its you know global reserve status, it's 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 going through the process of losing that crown. Um, especially with the G7 seizing the U.S. treasuries, uh, I, I'm going to suggest that that currencies are going to become increasingly regionalized. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if we have multiple global reserves in the near future.
2: Yeah, so yeah, it is. It's the Financial Action Task Force, right? Is is the global money laundering and terrorist financing watchdog, the intergovernmental yeah. body that, inter- that sets international standards. So it's not. It's not even you know nobody elected them. You know nobody. It's That's just right. an international body that sets these standards that then everybody adopts, and then they're basically forced to adopt it if they want. If you know if you're a country and you want to participate in, in the banking system. Uh, so that, that part is going to be harder than, than we may than we may hope. I mean we saw it even with Russia, right so how, how did they deal with russia they, they kicked them off the Swift network right that's you know that was yeah. the way they did that um, so the, the, you know the concern is that those same pressures may 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 apply to crypto and they'll be able to essentially force governments to KYC AML, uh, channel everybody through these KYC AML uh, on-ramps and off-ramps. And then sure, go ahead, use your crypto, use your Bitcoin. But meanwhile, everybody's been identified and then perfectly tracked and traced
0: thereafter. Could you imagine a world 20 years from now where there truly is a separation of uh, state and money 20 years from now? Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, 20? I don't know about 20 years from now. Uh, Maybe... You know, maybe that might, like you said, blossom somewhere first. I don't know if that's going to happen in the in the U.S. in twenty years. You think that quickly in the U.S.?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I, I maybe it's thirty years. You know, but in either case, uh, all these uh, KYC stuff, it it just goes out the window. It becomes irrelevant. And and the point about K Y C is, like I said, I'm a cynic on this. Is it creates a huge amount of friction. Okay, it really. and yet all this laundering is still going on you know the, the russian oligarchs still get uh they they are still getting loans from credit suzy you know and and so a lot of laundering is already it's still happening with our traditional banks regardless of of uh these all these different kyc surveillance rules so
2: do you do you think these these rules and the people mandating we should be like that's the way we fix it is by fighting against them and getting governments to 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 not adopt them and to change the rules or what do you, what do you exactly say like obviously yeah sure if i could snap my fingers and make KYC AML go away that would be great but how how do you see that happening then how how we- my,
0: my my point is this is that more surveillance more control doesn't reduce the the crimes it it, it doesn't reduce the laundering um Right, but how does it's,
2: KYC AML go away?
0: I I'm saying they keep they keep expanding it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this idea of going from $10,000 and you have to report that, now it's going to go down to $600. dollars mm-hmm. You know, they're they're expanding more and more surveillance. Uh, and and we're not getting any kind of audit out of the Fed. So that's the problem. Is what kind of laundering are we really stopping? It's to me. It's it's really more or less surveillance, and and uh, it's more about control of the citizens rather than reducing crime.
2: No, no. But I'm saying, but what is going to be done? So you you as a senator, you know, what's the Congress going to do? What's the United States government going to do? Are they going to move in a direction then where they get rid of KYCAML? Is that what you're suggesting? I
0: I, you know I, I would I would work to reduce those, you know. It's I would work to reduce k y c requirements uh I would like to get rid of the six hundred dollar uh, reporting to uh, you know when there's a six hundred dollar transaction uh that to me is, is is it's counterproductive you're adding a lot of friction to the economy you're you're not reducing um you know laundering by bad actors uh that that's that's my position, uh, like I said, I'm a privacy acti- act act uh, activist, and I will uh, try to enhance the spread of, of encryption so people have more privacy, and uh, and we we will greatly uh, reduce the friction in the economy, and the economy will, will thrive because of it. Um, the reason why I got into Bitcoin in the first place is because I, I used to about 30 years ago, I used to um, work for a software company before Google was around, and encryption uh, was Illegal. I mean, we could we could have so much encryption and then not anymore. You know, we had limits. In other words, uh, the U.S. government wanted to be able to, you know, spend a certain amount of computing um, power and break the encryption and read what was happening. They wanted that ability. So mm-hmm. we could use some encryption to take care of you know day to day stuff. But if they really wanted to break it, they wanted to be able to to create a backdoor. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was very interested in that topic. Uh, it made no sense to me why they were doing that in the first place. It just did not seem in alignment with American values. And I don't know if you've heard of the history of, of Phil Zimmerman. He created... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: He, he uh, might, was- might speak at our conference in uh, in Miami. Where we're,
0: we're yeah. Talking. He's a he's leg- legacy hero dude all the way. Mm-hmm. So, he, he did something amazing. He, he uh, did PGP pretty good um, protection and the U S government sued him and, and called it his encryption, a weapon of mass destruction. Mm -hmm, (laughs) And his defense at the Supreme court was printing out the code, throwing it down and saying, look, this is not a weapon of mass destruction. It's not WMD. This is free speech. And the, as you know, as you know, they, they, they ruled on Phil's side. And here we are we mm-hmm. have far more encryption now and we have a lot more privacy thanks to phil zimmerman and P- his his work on pgp and that has directly um you know worked into uh the bitcoin code mm-hmm. and and it's free speech now so so that's the reason why i got into bitcoin was from the encryption angle it was in 2017 that i realized wait a minute if you can be moving money around and if 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 it, if there was a backdoor, people would steal the money. So the fact that money's moving around, that's proof that the the encryption is working. There are no backdoors.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And so I, I was thinking, uh, you know, we can use this, you know, with no intermediary that you have to trust. This is a template for for building software. So the. We, we can get away from all these walled gardens. We don't. We don't need all these walled gardens like Google and Apple and so on. We can start building more distributed systems, and and that will greatly reduce friction, and uh, you know bring powerful design tools to to the masses. And wow, what a world we could be living in, and you know playing all with all kinds of what if scenarios and yeah. incredible, incredible engineering. And so I'm super excited about this. I, I'm really excited about the the future of STEM you know science technology engineering and and manufacturing as we we go through the digital transformation and accelerate that for stem i mean this is how we we bring prosperity and wealth to everyone not just a few not just the financial class everyone
3: mhm mhm
2: yeah no uh pre- preaching to the choir uh this is great uh, I-, I think we we have a lot in common too uh, i saw you were a patent oh, yeah. i was a patent attorney for a little bit never really practiced but you know i i, I was an engineer by trade was civil engineer uh physics was was kind of my, was what i what i liked in high school and then i went into engineering and then uh became a uh i went to law school with the intent of becoming a patent attorney which i did but then i never i wasn't really into the the whole filing patents thing It was a little a little boring to me yeah that that led me to a question you know because i always looked at you know when i I read the the bitcoin white paper i kind of read it as somebody you know essentially uh, almost like reading a patent right so what what do you see as essentially the the claim in in the the bitcoin white paper what is the the novel thing that you would be able to claim there
0: well i would call it a a a method method claim um or a method patent and the reason why is because there's no one ingredient that is truly innovative, truly novel. It's, it's the recipe. It's the combination of how they come together. That was like, if you look at, uh, you know, how, how the blocks are, are brought together um, like Hashcash, cash, for example, was invented by Adam back Hashcash, mm-hmm. And that, that Satoshi took that. In fact, he cites Adam back and, and, uh, and that became um, proof of work, right? So mm-hmm. there's proof of work, and there's the Merkle trees. The Merkle trees were pre-existing. He, you know, Satoshi, Satoshi didn't invent the Merkle trees, but it's how he put it together mm-hmm. that that solved the double spend problem. And and let's unpack that for a moment. I mean, really, what is the innovation? Um, there was a, a problem in distributed computing. For many, many years and they called it the, what is it? The Byzantine generals problem, right? Yep. Yep. And, and the problem was, is if you have a, a critical mission where you have all these generals together and we all have to attack at the exact same time, but and if and some of us decide not to, um, that mission critical effort will fail. We have to have everyone synced up. Uh, we have to have, you know, one, one, um, Representation of truth, more or less. How do we get that message around to everyone? How do we know that's not going to be corrupted? How do we know it's not going to be intercepted? That was the Byzantine generals' problem, mm-hmm. and and more or less, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto solved that problem. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he, the idea is that when you spend this once, we know you're not going to be able to take that digital coin and spend it a second time, and because there's only one representation of truth through Bitcoin through the macro consensus machine. That's what I've called it. Um or I've, ref- or I've written that um before. And uh and so that was the big innovation was um uh, no double spend, no need for intermediary. Uh it would be a method patent that would be multiple steps involving multiple technologies. It's not blockchain. That 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 is a I, I would call that uh uh, misdirection on the part of Beijing because they hate, hate Bitcoin. You know they, they're all about centralized everything, right?
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know the the communists want to centralize the economy and they want to centralize credit and they don't want to have property. You know the government owns all that, um, so they're very Bitcoin is just they do not like it. Oh, but I, I will say this one thing about the Chinese. I do think they love the U.S. dollar, and and here's why is because. We are you know one of one of our fastest growing aspects of our economy over the you know past five decades is that we keep on printing more and, and exporting US treasuries, right? So we have to to, to to be able to do that, we have to maintain a trade imbalance. And so they take our US dollars and they buy hard assets. You know, they buy even property hard assets here in the United States stocks and equities and, and and around the world and they're building sky rises in New Zealand Auckland like crazy and other big cities and in in Africa and so the, the, my point is is I think Africa really likes the fiat system as it stands right now but they definitely hate Bitcoin uh, because it is decentralized and it is a threat to their centralized way of thinking
2: and yeah just following up with the you know the, the, the patent talk there so um... Do you then potentially see Monero as patentable you know beyond, beyond Bitcoin? right? So now, now we had Bitcoin, it solved the Byzantine general's problem, uh, and then something like Monero comes along and, and solves the you know, the fungibility problem, problem, right? So now you have this, the same mechanism, the same thing, uh, but you're no longer able to view the ledger, see the amounts, see who's sending what to who, but with the same uh, more basic technology behind it, engine behind it, but then this additional uh, novelty that allows you to, um, you know, transact without, without tracing or tracking. Did I lose you? Well,
0: well, I'm, I mean, what does it, what does it mean when a, for something to be fungible? Um, I mean, I'm just, I'm just looking that up really quick. You know, it just means exchangeable. Uh, Every every
2: unit equals every other unit is the simplest way of uh, describing it, right? One dollar is equal to every other dollar.
0: Yeah, interchangeable because they are identical to each other for practical purposes. So, you know, are you saying that Bitcoin is not fungible and Monero is fungible?
2: Yeah, I think that's the simplest way to explain it. I think you could say it in other ways too. Um, But just this idea that you have blockchain... You have uh, miners. They're coming to consensus. There's a ledger, uh, but now you cannot view the ledger. You can't see the amounts, and you can't identify who's sending what to who because of additional uh, tech. That's uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm having on a hard the Protocol with- level, right? So it's it's built into the the base technology.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's a place for. for- For Monero, um, I'm having a hard time syncing up with you on saying that Bitcoin is not fungible. That's that's you know it's hard for me to to sync with you on that one.
2: Yeah, I mean that's odd because we I mean we see real world examples of the fact that it's not. We know for a fact that it's not currently. Maybe it's somehow
0: become. Let's try to unpack that. Let's let's talk about where it's not fungible. I mean, you, you're saying that, that you gave me an a instance of Canada, where some wallets.
2: Yeah, we're blacklisted. On, yeah, we've seen on, uh, the government blacklist various wallets. Canada is the most recent example of that. Yeah. Um,
0: I, okay, so so let's say that that's I would call that a hit and a miss because if it was on an exchange, yeah, they could they could freeze it. But if it was on a on a wallet off of an exchange, they couldn't freeze it. so you, there, was, there were there are cases where they could and there's cases where they could not so it's it's the you know the mime or the meme uh, not your keys, not your you know Bitcoin uh, so the point is is that you take it off the exchange, you keep it you know in your own wallet
2: yeah i don't know man you got you gotta get beyond the uh the fact that it's 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 clearly currently not fungible like that's not even really debatable like i could see how theoretically oh, yeah. like maybe one day it becomes but a- as we stand today there's you know there's bitcoin uh that you probably would not wanna accept uh from, from, from people knowing that it's, it's coming from a blacklisted wallet, a sanction, you know, a sanctioned wallet. Well, get, get,
0: Let's, let's, let's talk about um, a real life example. Where would be a scenario where I would not want to accept, accept Bitcoin? Let's, let's put this uh, in, in if, reality.
2: You know, the government came out and sanctioned some wallet and saying, you know, this is a, a sanctioned Bitcoin address. And then, you yeah. know,
0: but how would that impact me, how, as a Bitcoin user? How would that impact me?
2: Well, you wouldn't be able to send uh, Bitcoin to it, and I guess theoretically, you're not supposed to uh, accept Bitcoin sent from it, right?
0: From from who? Let's do a real example. From, from
2: this I mean, sanctioned it, Bitcoin address.
0: This and who would that be? Who who would that be?
2: Uh I don't know. Some some terrorist group. You know, I mean, this this already exists. You know, we we we've seen wallets get sanctioned.
0: Okay so a terrorist group um such as let's let's say i mean let, let's say let's say the Taliban in Afghanistan are categorized as a terrorist group and they have bitcoin and I'm, i and i want to buy an AK47 from them you're saying that the U.S. government would be able to say, "I can't buy that AK-47 from that."
2: I'm that, saying, see, the, the Taliban showed up, or you didn't know they're the Taliban, but somebody shows up and they they send you a payment, right? You're selling okay. a car, right? Okay, You're I'm, selling, gonna sell, a I'm car, selling
0: a car and- to a terrorist.
2: Well, you don't know he's. A, you didn't. You didn't know he's a terrorist. But he shows up and says, "Hey, I got Bitcoin. I'm gonna give you one Bitcoin for that car." Yeah. Uh, you realize that you know because it's maybe it's even uh, built in such a way. Currently, it's not, but in such a way where you know it's coming from this this address that that's been sanctioned. You're probably yeah. not gonna want to accept that Bitcoin, right? You're. you're well, I, you're saying I,
0: I. I didn't know. But you say I wouldn't. Okay, you want
2: do to. in the scenario you do, right? Because you could, bet they, you know, you know, like
0: you're not. Okay, so you're so you're saying that I know that this this wallet is sanctioned, mm-hmm. and I, but I, I do want to accept the money, or I don't want to accept the money.
2: Well, sure, you're trying to sell your car, right? Okay, uh, but now you probably you don't. I don't think you want to get paid from, right? From this wallet that's been, yeah,
0: saved. I yeah, I don't think this example. I'm I, it's not making making sense to me. So What's the some, idea of t- that's not making sense. Okay, it's not making sense to me. The idea that Bitcoin is not fungible. I I believe Bitcoin is fungible. Yeah.
2: Okay, that was that was like the most extreme example to to. But there's even you know less less extreme ones. Um, but yeah, I mean we're we're seeing it in the real world. It's not it's not theoretical. Uh um, yeah. you know could could bitcoin somehow become fungible? I I don't know. All I right. guess as, right. as more people start well, to like, but it's always like I, you're always I, I, be able to essentially mark mark coins, right? So we even know coins that have been coin joined, we know they've been coin joined, right? We 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 could identify that. Um so, you know, let's say, you know, now now you can't send those coin joined coins to an exchange, right? So, are those coins worth less than ones that you could send to an exchange? Right? Are they losing value because of their lack of fungibility?
0: How would you stop those coins from being sent to an exchange?
2: Because exchange be the can accept it. They're going to okay. say no. They're going to say you're going to have to tell it. You know, we're not accepting this. You can't. You can't. So,
0: you're saying that the and we're
2: recording you.
0: Okay, so you're going to say that the exchange is going to say this coin cannot come to our exchange. Okay, the, the coin is being blacklisted. It's in some wallet. It, it was it was involved. We actually have some history on this, right? Um, like uh, Mount Gox, some of those wallets were blacklisted. Right, mm-hmm. money was moved from Mount Gox. It went to a wallet, and they were, let's say, blacklisted. And chain analysis was watching them. It's like where this would this Bitcoin go? You still couldn't stop the coins from being moved around the world. Um, so there's really no mechanism to stop the movement of yeah, of but eff- coins.
2: Sure, but effectively they can be stopped, right? So you go to you go to a send it to an exchange, right? You're gonna go. You want to cat. You want to go turn it into U.S. dollars. You go to send it to the exchange, and they say, "Sorry, uh, we're not going to accept this." Um,
0: I, I, you know, let me just say, let me just say I, I disagree with you. Bitcoin is not censorable. You, you might be able to censor it in one country, but to, globe, to censor it around the world in every country, not possible.
2: It's effectively censorable by the fact that you can see a history and, and denote where they're coming from and what its previous history is, as opposed to I send Monero to the exchange. There's nothing they can't say. Oh, it's blacklisted because there's nothing to to even look at. Let me let me ask you this: Like, would you, you know, because we were saying, you know, the KYCAML, like, you know, that would be great if that disappeared, but it's here. It's probably gonna be here for quite some time. Would you recommend to people that are, you know, removing taking crypto off an exchange? Right? They they bought their crypto and now they're gonna remove it. Would you recommend that they Move it off the exchange in the form of Monero, so then they don't have a trail, and then maybe they turn it back into Bitcoin if they want through some decentralized... No,
0: no, that it it's there's more to it than just privacy. Uh, I I think it's important to get your your coins off off of off of an exchange. Uh, keep in mind, you know, twenty thirty years down the road, all the stuff that we're talking about it just becomes irrelevant because KYC and ALC or ALM, or, you know, these, these the the, the the surveillance that's going on is uh it's just not going to be relevant um when there is a separation of money and state I, I believe going in that direction
2: I don't know that's, um, that's a pretty big risk I think that's uh why why take that risk when we have a tool that that that
0: you know makes
2: that irrelevant now
0: well I, I'm not saying the U S dollar is going to disappear I think the U S dollar is here forever it's just going to devalue forever. <laughs> And, and I, I think we can have multiple reserves. But if people really want to have privacy, I'm just saying there's going to be options. There's going to be some money that is going to be separate from a state. That's emerging. And whether it's Monero or Bitcoin, it doesn't really matter. It's happening. And so so I think that these KYC issues are going to become, uh, it's just going to become a mute point 20 to 30 years down the road. But but in, in regards to, to fungibility of, of Bitcoin, I believe it is is proof. I believe it is, it is, uh, censor proof, but the reason why I'm also into Bitcoin, but there's many other use cases as to why I'm into Bitcoin. I believe Monero is good for the privacy, but, but, uh, Bitcoin, um, you know, there's a, there's a store of wealth issue, um, You know, I just would have to collect my thoughts on that.
3: Yeah, no, um, worries, no worries. I was just trying to get um,
2: get some it, it, insight into you know whether or not you you would advise people currently today if they were going to you know let's say remove their their crypto for an exchange, maybe do it, and if they had the option, do it in the form of Monero, so there they there is no trail, right? It's like taking cash out of a bank. Uh, when, I, when I go take a thousand dollars out of the bank, sure they know who I am. They know I took a thousand bucks out, but they don't know what happened to it thereafter. Uh, so, yeah. so why not do that with with crypto and Bic, Monero being the cash of crypto? Do that, and then sure you could move it back into Bitcoin in some decentralized way. Um, yeah, but is that well, something you would you know currently consider or recommend or? Any- well,
0: let me let me answer your question with a question. One thing that I really enjoy talking about is decentralized currency. You know, gold was kind of decent, mostly decentralized until they, you know, put everything into a vault and it got centralized and about every hundred years a war happens and they steal it, right? Uh, So gold was, is a good example of the, the benefits, the value of having decentralized currency. Um, it's sound money. It, uh, when you, when you have, so you have a, a renaissance you have a flourishing of, of culture community humanity um we saw that in the, in, the, in the 14th century um decentralization was great uh, like for example um the uh
3: you know,
0: the printing press decentralized the production of books there was a flourishing there was a renaissance uh the tcpip internet was a decentralization of the network and, and we had an increase in the velocity of of information and we've had a flourishing because of that here's the question for you who i know bitcoin is extraordinarily decentralized even more so than gold and i believe the currency that's going to be let's say truly achieve a separation of state and money you know over a period of decades I believe Bitcoin is going to be there. So the, here's the question for you: Who do you think is more decentralized, Monero or Bitcoin? And if you do believe Monero is the most decentralized currency, why is it the most decentralized?
2: Yeah, I mean that's a good question, but it's impossible to answer. But I would say it it. Um... They both have architectures that make them decentralized, and I would say, arguably, Monero has one that has an architecture that uh, potentially can or would theoretically make it even more decentralized than Bitcoin. Um, uh, I would look at you know, the mining, for example. Um, Monero is mined by CPUs, so there, there is no ASIC mining. Uh, the CPU is the ASIC of Monero, uh, so very decentralized in terms of, of of its mining network, and it will trend towards being more and more decentralized in that respect because everybody, you know, everybody has a CPU. Um, not everybody has access to it, and, and, and ASIC. Uh, so, uh, so there's, let, there's, let dip- different. It's a very complicated, you know. So we, you could go through all the elements of it. You know, there's the mining network. There's so
0: you're the, 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 the There's mine?
2: the code itself. There's there's a lot of aspects to decentralization. There's there the, are. how permissionless it is, um, and I think when you when you add those all up and you look at the overall architecture, I would say is Monero currently more decentralized than Bitcoin? Probably not, uh, only because it's younger. Um, but does it have the possi- potential to be more in the long run? I'd say yes, given it's it's it, the way it's architected.
0: Yeah, you, you know, I, I would, uh, I would, I would say that's that's a possibility. Um, but it's not just the code, um, as you know, the the network effect. You know, anyone can go out and take bitcoin code and they can copy it and set up another coin and there's thousands of them now but but you cannot copy the network and the network is something that is being built um, you know with electricity you know it is there's a proof of work involved there uh there's a lot of cost involved and that cannot be copied and pasted uh in in other words uh, there's a connection of this this abstract ledger to the real world Mm-hmm. And that's through mining, and sure. that's why we we can't go out and just print like they can to infinitum with with fiat. We can't do that. There's a limit to twenty one million. So so the point is is that yeah, uh, I'm not really up to speed on Monero mining if it's more decentralized than Bitcoin. I don't know. Um, but one thing that Bitcoin has in terms of just being larger. Um, being older, it has that network and it's really hard to replicate that. Once you get get ahead and you start moving, um, it's kind of like Google has amazing search engine algorithms. No,
4: Metcalfe's
2: law, network effect. Totally agree. Totally agree. And I I always make that argument on on the Monero side. And what what I would say is uh, two things. One, we see Monero eating into Bitcoin's network effect for the use case of digital cash uh, organically. You know, not hey, mandating it as legal tender down in El Salvador because the president wants to be famous, uh, but actually because people are opting into it out of a real need and they use it on the dark markets. Uh, ransomware hackers offer a a twenty percent. I think it's a twenty percent discount if ransoms are paid in Monero. Whether or not you agree with these use cases, it shows that it's eating into uh, Bitcoin's network effect for the purposes of digital. Cash. I'm not saying buying it because you know you want to store your wealth in it and you think it's digital golds. But I'm saying you have a need, you want to send some send money to somebody and you don't want anybody to know about it. Uh people are opting for Monero organically, and that's happening. Uh and it it has it's growing in that in that network effect. And then I'd say the second thing with regards to to mining, um, you know I think, and I always hear like Michael Saylor talk about it in these ways, and it sounds great in theory, right, like very simple, you know, like we said i'm i I'm into physics, you're into physics, so it's great to be able to kind of talk about it in this idealistic way, as like you know bitcoin is is eating all the world's computing power and electricity um and that's making it extremely incorruptible, but the reality is it's Uh, Because of the nature of the way Bitcoin is mined, it is tending towards very large corporations that are becoming the miners uh, because they're the ones that are able to uh, compete the best, right? So they're the ones that have access to these ASICs. Nobody else does. And then you know they're the ones that are able to set up the essentially these mining farms. So you could have you know uh, hashing power that's more powerful than whatever the, a million supercomputers or a thousand of the best supercomputers. But if the government can easily find these corporations, knock on their door and tell them to do you know ask them to do certain things uh it doesn't matter how much hashing power it has it can then just be co-opted in in that respect as opposed to something like monero which is mined you know by people and it's very hard to detect where they are who they are and to kind of you know get to them
0: well we we do go through the block wars um in 2017 with bitcoin Mm -hmm. and in fact that scenario did play out um there was Forget which company it was. I'm not really up to speed on the block wars, but uh, you know, in in summary, um, there was some pools of of miners out there, but they had individual contributors to that pool, and those individuals, even though there'd be large pools, uh, it was the individuals that, that basically controlled whether we we would move uh, the consensus rules towards bigger blocks well they didn't because even though they were pooled it was the 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 voting power through this through the mining was distributed and uh, since then uh i i disagree with you that, that mining is becoming more centralized with bitcoin i believe that that the bitcoin mining has become increasingly decentralized and we're trending in that direction which is healthy for Bitcoin. Uh, it, it's only centralized a little bit in terms of consolidating here in the United States because of, you know, China made it il- mining illegal. But I think overall the, 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 macro trend is, is that Bitcoin mining is, uh, becoming more distributed.
2: But it's, it's isn't it lar- large companies that are doing
3: most of the mining?
0: They are. It's they like 99% they, of the mining. Um, it's let's just say it's big money to 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 get into it and um, but it's becoming more distributed within these pools in terms of the investment and the pooling that's taking place like i for I, somebody had just like one ASIC and they got a coinbase you know worth how much is it uh, uh, I should know this what uh what's the coinbase reward? I think it's right
2: like 12 and a half right now, right? I don't know. Yeah,
0: I, I know this, but I just haven't thought about it for a long time. I, I think it's uh, six and a half. Uh, I, I forget the, the number of what what the reward is. So you multiply that times forty, and that was the re- reward. It's like they made bank, right? But that, uh, I mean, off, off winning, of one ace,
2: winning the lotto, right? That's not uh, that's not the normal. Uh, it was the, yeah,
0: yeah. It was just a really. Yeah. Unreal experience. And so, you know, do I think that that Bitcoin mining is becoming more decentralized? I don't. I think I really believe it's becoming more decentralized, but I'm not an expert on this topic. So I'm, you know, yeah, yeah,
2: just making just making a, a point there. And, and really, you yeah. know, the centralization is a means to an end, right? And that end is censorship resistance, right? That's, that's yeah. really the, the end, that's right. that's uh, which right. you know then ties back into the whole privacy, right? So it's like, sure, you can send a transaction, but if I can see where it's going, great, you could press the button and there's nothing I could do to stop you from from the network uh, propagating the transaction. But I can knock on your door and say, yo, we saw, you, we saw that you sent that transaction. You said you didn't have Bitcoin. You know, I'm 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 the government, right? You 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 said you lost your keys, and that's why you couldn't pay uh, the unrealized capital gains on your Bitcoin. Uh, well, uh, then how did you? Then why did we see that Bitcoin move? You know, like just another example of of if if the if the goal is censorship resistance, that ties into it too. You know, the the privacy aspect.
0: Well, there there are two different topics. You know,
2: I no, I, I believe think they're not. They're over they're total overlap, complete. They're not different.
0: Well, the transaction, you can't stop the transaction. The transactions are are censorship proof. Um, That's like saying know, I could
2: go, I could go, I could say whatever I want to say anytime. But and you, you,
0: you, you and I have already disagreed on that. I mean, we've already yeah. established that. But as far as having, you know, let's not conflate privacy and, and censorship um proof transactions uh because i i do agree with you though that that uh there is some traceability through chain analysis with bitcoin but it's the the uh second layer is where i believe you can get more privacy and get cash-like behavior with with bitcoin or what i would call sats because they're just small denominations when you're using lightning network you're not you're not you're not doing transactions in the billions of dollars on the lightning network you know it's it's you know you're buying a coffee you know and for five and the cost of that transaction is five hundredth of a penny or if you're using a custodial wallet then it's one penny you know i i know these things because i did that down in el salvador a lot of that uh and that's where you get the, the cash like privacy at that point
2: right and it makes it more censorship resistant right because it's cash like uh
0: censorship resistant uh what what do you mean by that i mean well i mean
2: sh- if you can't see who's sending what to who it's harder to censor it right sure you could effectively press that button and nobody can stop it um but people can can censor it post factum essentially by knowing who said what to who
0: well this is very nuanced i i i from my perspective and i know we differ on this um I the I totally transaction-
2: appreciate you putting up with me, by the way, because I this is you you know uh, I I I'd, I'd, I'd vote for you just for just for the fact that you're you're willing to put up with my k- kind of Monero badgering here, and I apologize, but uh, we went down this road, and I appreciate you you know allowing.
0: Well, well I, I love technology, and for me, this is what I enjoy this kind of stuff. But but my understanding is the way I look at Bitcoin is the transaction is censorship proof. Now it you're on the on the main. Bitcoin um, network, you can let's say through chain analysis, um, you can uh, identify and trace some of the people. It's not always easy. If they're doing things carefully, they can maintain a lot of privacy on the Bitcoin network. But with sophisticated chain analysis, they can track some people. Okay, but on the second layers with the smaller amounts uh, you know the you know you're not doing a billion dollars on lightning network you're you're doing coffee and so on and that's where you can get the cash like privacy is on the second layer the the lightning network I, and liquid liquid networks is also a place where you can get a lot of privacy
2: yeah yep yep i mean I, well I'm saying yep, 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 but I don't agree. I mean I chain chain analysis, I think, even uh recently announced how you know they're they have tools for for uh the lightning network. Um you know, so I, I don't know I don't know how ultimately how cash like the Lightning Network is is gonna be. Um, but you know, uh I th- I think we could we could close it out here. I feel like uh we we covered a lot. Like once again, I yeah, really,
0: yeah here I I a, I, had had a feeling, I thought sure. I had a feeling we're, we were going to go into like a 15 minute discussion on Lightning Network, which, <laughs> which is fine. I lo- I love talking about Lightning Network, but that's okay. Yeah, let's wrap it up and and maybe another time in the future when
2: Terry here, December yeah, 10, 20, yeah. analysis to offer Lightning Network monitoring services. So, I mean, whatever, you know, it's it's complicated and but there you haven't seen that yet with, with Monero, right? So there there is yeah, yeah. A, how, how cash like things will be on the Lightning Network.
3: Well um, and- it's hard
2: to say. We know we know it's less decentralized than than the base layer. We could at least agree on that, right?
0: Well, as a senator, as Senator Solston, <laughs> um what I'm what I'm really concerned about is in terms of having uh let's say I, I like Monero's privacy i'm I'm very cynical when it comes to the kyc I don't think you're you're really you know really capturing bad actors you're just adding a lot of friction to the system but as senator if if I'm going to consider monero to be in that tax free category for uh for you know um, payments i for payments yeah i I would really need to dig deep deeper and really understand how how is how decentralized is Monero? Are they really a, a decentralized currency, or are they vulnerable? You know, being centralized is a major attack very, very uh, uh, vector, and and that uh, you know that puts the people, especially the people of the United States, at risk. Mm-hmm. And and uh, that's that's my primary concern is to reduce that risk. And uh, so that's something that I need to learn about more about Monero because I tr- truthfully I'm not not uh, I don't have a deep understanding uh about monero. I I've studied bitcoin intensely for about 5 years, you know. I mean, I, I just love love studying about it. Uh I love you know bitcoin um mastering bitcoin and mastering lightning network and and the encryption part of this stuff and and I I, I love studying the use cases of how this can improve our monetary system which is very complex and increasingly vulnerable uh so yeah I, I i love talking about bitcoin i'm really glad you brought me onto your show even though we have differences so i i i like going deep and trying to under, understand the differences you know yeah
2: we we, we align literally 99.99 percent. you know i think there's uh and it's it sounds like you know you're your only potential, or maybe you have other ones, but the, you know your biggest potential issue with Monero would be would be the decentralization, and that's uh um you know that's you know uh, something that you you should one hundred percent be concerned about, and I totally agree with you. And but I think if you did your research, you'd be uh, pleasantly surprised. Uh, Monero is one of the true cryptos. Maybe there's only two: Monero and Bitcoin. Uh, most others uh, definitely fail in that respect with regards to. Uh, decentralization. Um thanks thanks again, man. I, I I love that you you know took the time to do this and uh you just allowed a free-flowing conversation. This is unlike any you know <laughs> potential elected uh representative of a high office would you know it, it wouldn't be I wouldn't find anybody else on the show willing to do this that's running for Senate or at least that I that I that I know of. Uh, so kudos to you. Greatly appreciate it. Um, you think you have a have a real shot at at winning? Uh, I don't I don't know the politics over there.
0: You know, I I would think I I think I'm primarily interested in in running. I, I really want to be able to talk about Bitcoin and and make this a a major issue. I think if we get into a sovereign debt situation and Bitcoin goes to the forefront of politics, you know, there's a possibility I I could could become a senator. Um but uh but running mainly, a, on
2: running a Democratic line and the current the current senator is a Democrat.
0: Yeah, I'm a Democrat. I'm, I'm a social liberal, but I'm a fiscal conservative. So you could say I'm kind of red and blue. I'm purple, more or less. I'm Are you blue. going to be running
2: a primary or what, what's going on over there?
0: I, we're in a primary. We, we kind of have a jungle. where Everyone runs and then two come out of that after August 2nd. And then we go into so two Democrats can run against each other in oh, the general.
2: Different system. Okay,
0: So, so that's a real possibility. And I think I'm actually more fiscally conservative than than our our Republican candidate. So, um, but I'm I'm right at the very top, social liberal. You know, I, I, I'm the sovereign individual. You know, queer rights, um, pro-choice. I'm a social liberal, but fiscal conservative. And and there's a lot of people like that in the state of Washington. So mm-hmm. I, I think I have a good broad uh constituency on that uh but the bitcoin thing that that's the that's the wild card and i i say don't have, underestimate the the vibrancy of the bitcoin community uh i i think because of that that's my wild card and and uh that that may put me in into the general election with with mm-hmm. the with the incumbent but let me put a few plugs uh, sure. about me please do uh, one the main thing is I, I i would like support if if people want to and the, where you do that is you go to solston.org s-o-l-s-t-i-n dot org that's my last name um and that's my platform and also my page goes to act blue Um, And then secondly, if anybody is interested in my use cases, I'm very proud of those. I I wrote those when I was down in El Salvador and I continue to evolve them. And if anybody wants to DM me and say, hey, this is a place where you can improve them, do that. Because I I would love to improve that. But that's on my my Zenimal.xyz website. And then just click on use cases and you can check out those Bitcoin. uh, And that's where I I read about, uh, you know, the Satoshi Nakamoto post back in 2009.
2: Are you accepting Bitcoin donations?
0: You know, I don't have that compliant with the FEC uh, rules, okay. and there's people out there that are telling me that they, that they can do it.
3: Yeah, you could do it. I
0: just don't. I don't have the bandwidth to set that up right now. I, I've already written Act Blue and say, "Hey, would you do this?" You know, mm-hmm. and and they say, "You know, we don't have that right now. We don't have that available." So yeah, yeah i like to. When
2: I ran, we that. did it. You know, we even yeah. accepted Monero to a certain degree. There's there's kind of a I mean, if the, if it's low enough, or you know, obviously, if you're getting the person's information, then then that's fine. Essentially, if you're KYC, AMLing them, right? That they just want to know who it yeah. is donating. Um, which I don't know. That's a whole other topic. Do you agree with that? Do you think do you th- do you think people should be able to anonymously donate to to campaigns?
0: Oh, that that's a big topic. No, I don't. No, I yeah. don't.
2: Yeah,
0: I don't because then then you get a lot of foreign influence coming into the game, and that that's just not. I don't agree with that, yeah yeah, yeah, uh, that's a tough one um but, but really my my number one thing is, as far as you know my awareness is our the number one thing is to break our broken monetary system and 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 I believe um, you know sound money you know it's called Bitcoin digital gold, but actually better because you know it's um there's there's a number of of You can move gold over time, but you can't move it over space like you can Bitcoin. Bitcoin, you can move over time very rapidly. I mean, it's just as good as gold, but you can also move it much better than gold over space, you know, almost at the speed of light. So there's some real advantages. Uh, I, I really believe that Bitcoin is the great reset because it is it is gold two We're never gonna go, go back to gold, but we have something better now. And we can go back to sound money, back to uh, you know, sound money money practices. So so this is this is the great reset and there's nothing more important than fixing our broken monetary system.
2: Good stuff, man. Are you going down to uh Bitcoin Miami conference? Bitcoin you, Miami too?
0: No, I, I I wish I could, but I, I can't. Um I just I got stuff going on. I should go but
2: yeah, you should. Yeah, you definitely should. I it's should. a good, good place to to meet everybody and and Monero. The Monero Topia conference is happening down the block, so you'd be you'd be more than welcome there. So let let me know. Uh, uh, certainly, ticket on the house if you, if you're in town. Let me know.
0: Thank you, sir, and thank you for having me on your show. Really appreciate it.
2: Of course, this is this is great. Once again, thank you for putting up. You know, if I, I was trying to get Thomas em, Tom Emmer on. He's a congressman that's very much into crypto. I'm sure you've heard of him and. I know if I did get him on, he he would not give me an hour and forty five to uh to to talk to to this degree. So I greatly appreciate the fact that you're willing to to dive deep and uh, have a little back and forth. So that that's all. Awesome. You are most you are most welcome. All right, man. Thank you. Bye bye. Cheers.
1: Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Odyssey, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to monerotalk.live to subscribe for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show, and we are always happy to read them. So thanks so much, and we look forward to being back next week.